Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome to another new episode of It's a Groom's Life. And today I have with me Charlotte Ellis, who has... I would call her an entrepreneur because she has lots of little businesses going on, which we're going to go into. Um, So hi, Charlotte. How are you doing? Hi, I'm really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. Um, So let's start from let's start at the beginning. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about you and your businesses? Um, And then obviously we're going to go into more details about them a bit later. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Charlotte and I am 28 years old or young, shall we say. Um, (laughs) And full-time, I'm a full-time traveling head show jumping groom. Um, I live on site and I look after seven show jumpers um, with a small little team underneath me, which I absolutely love. Um, But for my sins, I also have two businesses that I run alongside this on my very rare days off. Um, One being called uh, Welly Banter Creations and the other one being the Farmer's Wedding Company. Um, They are basically my personality within businesses so welly banter creations is a gift and card company um but it's not your bog standard gifts and cards they're very sweary they're all about banter um hence the name welly banter all based around the country agriculture equestrian shooting all that kind of side of things but then i started that company um in lockdown at the very beginning of the first lockdown and um i was absolutely enjoying it. it you know i got so much support from it and it was amazing but then i wanted to express my girly side which I couldn't really do with welly banter because it just didn't really fit um and I came up with this idea and did some market research and realized that there is nothing wedding specific just for agriculture there is things for country but not in a specific sense so did all my market research realized that there was nothing there and the farmer's wedding company was born um and that is kind of like my girly side being expressed into weddings and again it's gone bananas. We were, I think we're three weeks that we've been open and I can't even tell you the list of orders that I've got. So it's amazing. And it's, I'm really excited to start seeing all the products being in people's weddings and things like that. So those two are what I do alongside being a full-time groom. So life is pretty hectic. God. Oh my God. I'm just tired and exhausted just listening to you. <laughs> um so let's start we'll go through one by one I think so let's start with your groom side of the business so can you tell us more about um the horses you look after and um you know more about your yard and everything yeah so um I have been here three years now so before I actually haven't always been in equestrian I've always had horses all of my life um mum when she was a child one a horse and her parents would never let her so of course as soon as a daughter came along she was having a pony so I've had horses all of my life but I actually went into agriculture um, from the end of high school and college um, and I ended up going into farming absolutely loved it still love it Um, but I ended up having a nasty injury that involved a cow um, that really put me off um, and I was kind of looking for something different and I ended up going into horses and I started off on a on a hunting yard um, originally. So I was a second groom there and that was hard work. That was very hard work. But what I actually found was that when it got to the summer and it was quiet, it didn't suit me. So anybody that doesn't know how a hunting yard works, the horses are 
their busy time are obviously during the autumn and the winter um, and they're worked every single day. You obviously have three days of hunting. Um, and then when you get to the spring and summer, they're basically turned out and turned away for the spring and summer. So there's no riding. They get the odd groom here and there. They're basically left for six months to be a horse in a field, which I think is lovely, but that doesn't suit my personality and way of being. I like to be really busy. I like to be on the go. Um, my brain being tested 24 seven, basically. Mm. Um, so I then ended up going to um, another yard, um, which was based around hunting. But um, in the summer, I then did various other stuff for other people. And I'm always a huge believer that things happen for a reason. And I was with um, a partner at the time who the relationship was just not going very well. And I ended up getting that job because I was living with him and our landlady was looking for someone to look after her horses. So I kind of got stuck in that job and kind of got stuck in the house, stuck with the relationship. And I just started looking for somewhere else to see what else was about. And um, I looked on this amazing website and I would go back there. Um, all of my, are you happy for me to mention the website that I got? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. So um, Caroline Carter Recruitment, which is also the groom's list, they have amazing jobs. And what Caroline does is she makes sure that they're, she basically vets the employers and she vets the employees. So she makes sure that you are the right fit for them and they're the right fit for you. So she makes sure that all the wages are like the best that they can be, um, you know, that you get support from them. So like every couple of months when you first obviously get your new job through them, they will phone you to make sure you're okay, make sure you're happy and all that type of thing. So went on her website and I found this job, which was pretty close to my parents at the time. It was about an hour away, but it came with a house. So I thought, you know what, actually, I really do fancy changing from hunting to the competition world, which I hadn't done yet. So I went over to this location um, after they sent my CV across and I met the um, my boss, met the other groom that was there at the time and um, all the horses. And I just fell in love. The yard was amazing. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Their lorry was just ginormous and just beautiful. But when I actually originally applied for the job, it was for a stay at home groom. The advert was um, need a stay at home groom. There's a traveling groom already there. So I thought, okay, that would be really cool. You know, I've not been into competition before. So this is probably a good way to dip my toe in. Yeah. Oh, no. When I got there, the advert was wrong. It was the traveling groom that they wanted. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, actually, maybe that's a really great opportunity just to be chucked in at the deep end. So I went, met the horses and the boss at the time, well, my boss said, um, I'll be back to you in a week to let you know. We've got one more girl coming that I need to interview. Anyway, two weeks goes by and I'm like, I haven't got the job. I was gutted. I hadn't got the job because I hadn't got my HGV, which obviously they needed for their lorry. Yeah. Two weeks goes by and she phones me up and she says, we'd like to offer you the position. Um, we'd interviewed a few more people after you, um, but just none of them fitted. They just weren't right. So I was over the moon. I was jumping up and down aesthetically. Um, so yeah, ended up moving into the house that was on site. Um, they put me through my HGV um, and we've been here, there and everywhere. So we jump abroad um, in Europe. So we travel the horses on the lorry over to Europe. We do obviously a lot of shows in this country. So we've got seven horses here in total. Um, three of them are our main, main show jumpers. We've got one who's semi-retired still has worked but doesn't go out competing anymore then we have two others one is actually a ride and drive cob 
you know he's amazing so we do um, driving competitions with him and just have a bit of fun with him and one of the others is a bit of an all-rounder um he's kind of like a lorry companion stroke go to competitions have a bit of fun if we've got the time and then we've got one old retired show jumper as well wow I mean that that's a lot to look after as well isn't it and um what is like say a day-to-day routine life for you so say if, like they're at home at the minute could you do like a day in the life of when they're at home and then say a day in the life when you're um at a competition yeah so um we start at seven um that never changes so we go out on the yard at seven we feed hay round and then we muck out and then once all that's done, we then do haze. So we soak all of our hay. We kind of have a nice little system going now um, and we get all the hay soaked, do all the hay nets. And then we tend to go in for breakfast then. So we get half an hour for breakfast. Then once that's done, we then go back out and everything gets ridden other than the one retired. So um, I have a nice little system where everybody does something different every single day. So we mix it up between hacking um, and we're very lucky that we live in the middle of the countryside with lots of lanes. So we have lots of open hacking that we can do. We have 34 acres here, which is all um, relatively hilly. So we do a lot of canter work up the hills. Um, we loose. So we loose them out in the um, arena and we let them go round on their free accord you know we just guide them on with the lunge whip um, and they can just have free reign and allowed to move on their own accord without a rider underneath them we lunge we then school we jump we do grids we've got a walker so there's always something different and it's all tied into whatever so if we're coming into the summer, which we call our outdoor season, the horses have got to be at their top fitness level. So the, we would do a lot more of the canter work, more schooling, more of the high energy fitness work, where in the winter we can kind of mix it up a lot more. They can have a day on the walker and not be ridden, which I think is really important that they don't have a rider on their back every single day. Um, and then once all the riding's done, which is usually about lunchtime, um, everybody then gets kicked out to the field and they'll have a couple of hours out at the field. Um, and we just do general tidying, general jobs that need doing um, in between that. Um, and then we'll have an hour for lunch, which we're really lucky to have because I know a lot of grooms don't really get that long for lunch. But yeah, we get an hour. Um, and then we go back out then and we start bringing everybody in. Everybody gets groomed off, hot cloth, uh, feet picked out, hoof oil, the full works, and then they get whatever rugs they need on, depending obviously on the time of year. Um, and they get put in the stable with a hay net. And then every single day without fail, any tack that has been used will get cleaned. So that's full on soapy water, um, saddle soap gets done. Um, and a lot of people, especially when we get new groom, like part-time grooms in, they're like, you do this every day. And I'm like, trust me, it's much nicer to do it every single day than at the end of the week when you've got thick grease and you're trying to like yeah. scrape it off. So yeah, so we do that every day. And then again, it's just tidying everything up, um, filling any hay nets that have been left over from the morning, sweeping up, tidying up, poop picking fields. We do that every single day when they're out, which means that we only worm once a year. We do a worm count in the poo once a year and we just worm once a year, which again, I think is really important to mm. obviously stop um, the body obviously getting used to the wormer um, and becoming resistant. Um, and then we feed round about five o'clock and that's usually the end of the day. Although I can't really say that I do tend to finish at five most days. It's usually more like half five, but, you know, because I actually live on site, it's not a problem. It's not like I've got to commute somewhere. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so that's a typical day if we're at home. 
And then if you're at a show, I mean, I know it probably varies what show you're at um, and what classes you have, but like as a general, what sort of, what's the kind of day like? Yeah, so if I can, and I do have a part-time groom available, then I will always try and get them to come on show days. But, you know, shows change all the time and, you know, the boss changes their mind on what we're doing, where we're going. So that can be sometimes a little difficult. So usually the same thing will happen. Usually because the classes that we do jump in, they tend to be around the lunchtime mark, which is quite nice, really. That works really well with our routine because obviously anyone that's not going to a show, I can get exercised before I go. The lorry will get packed the day before and all the horses will get bathed and prepped the day before. So the morning of same routine you know feed hay we do all the hay nets get all of that sort of stuff done then we'll ride anything or exercise things that need doing and then I will then obviously load up and go to the show um it's usually just me that goes with the three jumpers and then obviously the boss who then rides at the competitions and then if there's a part-time groom at home then obviously they'll carry on with any of the jobs if not I tend to chuck everybody out and then as soon as I get back I bring them all in um and then obviously carry on with the jobs but we do a lot of stay away shows in this country which are usually like three days so one of our main ones which is our all-time favorite and I don't know if I should be saying this on the podcast because I don't want it to ever get too busy that we can't get stables because it is a really small show but it's so it's such an old-fashioned quiet supportive lovely show and it's Dorset it's at Dorset showground and you get the best weather with it being in the south and it's just a really small quaint little show so we go there from um I think it's every month from April to September so we go for four days every single month between those months so again the lead up to that is usually quite a heavy week because um we leave on the Thursday and it's about five hours for us from here in the Midlands down to Dorset so um, obviously Monday Tuesday I end up packing the lorry making sure I've got everything in because obviously we've got to think of bedding haylage feed all the tack extra rugs because you don't know what the weather's going to be doing all those extra bits that you have at home I need to be able to take them with me um, so that's usually Monday Tuesday as well as obviously doing the usual routine and then Wednesday is the day where everything gets bathed and prepped and then I leave Thursday morning and there's obviously a groom that stays here while I go away to the show so they're just they're lovely they're kind of like mini holidays for me really even though I'm working it's just nice to be away from the yard for four days <laughs> Yeah, and and almost like just have a slightly different routine, isn't it? I mean, I know you're still doing a routine, but it's it's slightly different from what you do every day. Um, yeah. And um, is there any like top tips like you would um, like to share? So it literally could be anything. So it could be like a turnout top tip or it could be a tip that you do around the yard that makes your life a little bit easier. Um, if You know, saving time or something like that. Any tips at all? Yeah, so... My biggest one, especially if you're on your own, it's not too bad because you obviously know what you're doing. But um, there's two things that I have um, which are must haves. And that is we have a big whiteboard where everything gets written on. Um, So if I need to leave notes for other grooms, it's on there. And then what we do is we write out a two week like calendar as such so we have the current week and then we have the following week so we can always see what's going on like on that two week rotation and then obviously the second week will get moved up 
to the current week and the next week so that's really very handy because then I can just have as I walk past the tack room I can see right I've got the vet tomorrow I've got the physio the farrier whatever it may be or I can write notes on there for the girls to say you know make sure you do this today or this horse has got this you know keep an eye on it and then the other thing we have is an A4 diary now this is something new to us because the the there's a groom here who's been here for like 25 years um, and she's just turned 60. So she's, you know, I've kind of like taken her place and she's just like part time now. Mm. And she was very stuck in her own ways. And I've always had this A4 diary system wherever I've been because it's it's my Bible, basically. So anyway, I've managed to persuade her to allow us to have this diary and she loves it now so I wish she'd listened to me a long time ago so this is probably <laughs> one of my biggest things so it, it when I say it's a bible it has everything in it so I will go through at the beginning of the year and I will write when everybody needs their vaccinations on the day that they require them and then a week before I will then put Freddie needs vaccinations next week so I know that on that day I can phone the vet and I can book it for the following week same mm-hmm. as things like we have a horse that has shockwave every three months at the beginning of that specific month I'll say Lucia needs shockwave this month we write in there exactly what each horse has done every day so that we can look back say for example um I've ridden scored one and something wasn't quite right you know I thought there was a little bit lameness or they're a bit stiff on one rein to the other I will write that in there so that in four weeks time if the physio comes and she says oh how has he been and I can say well we've kind of got progressively stiffer on the left rein from this date and then we can look back and see okay well did he have were we at a show the week before you know were we staying away and it's just a way that I can look back and see absolutely everything that's going on um because when there is so much going on you've got you know seven horses isn't a big amount of horses compared to some um yards but when there's still a lot going on and I'm mostly on my own managing everything there's a lot of information that goes through your brain so having it all written down is probably the the biggest thing that I can ever and it's just a good way it's like a good audit record isn't it of everything as well so like you say if an injury pops up and it could have been this scenario it could have been this scenario or it could be just was silly in the field and pulled the muscle it could be anything but if you can sort of trace back where it could the possibilities could have been then it's easier to sort of manage yeah and you you don't understand how vital that is until we're really very lucky here that the boss allows us to have a lot of vet intervention if we need it so you know lamenesses and things like that we don't just leave it you know these horses are athletes and we treat them like athletes, which I absolutely love. And I'm so grateful that the boss allows us to do that. So, you know, I have a very, very close relationship with our vets and, you know, they trust my judgment. I obviously trust their judgment, you know, that's their profession, but it helps them so much when I can go back and say, right on this day, this is what I felt this day. She was a little bit better. Okay. Well, what was different that day that she was better? And it gives them such much a big, such a bigger picture of the whole scenario other than just saying my horse is lame yeah and it it makes a huge difference you can get a diagnosis quicker when you can see the full picture yeah and also it gives you time to sort of rule out things as well so like say if you had the farrier out um they've checked it it's absolutely fine like there's no like abscesses or anything like that so you can say to the vet what the farrier's been the physio's been or or whatever it could be you've ruled everything out 
um of possibilities and then it could be something else so yeah it definitely helps them as well doesn't it absolutely yeah so that's my tip for general yard management keeping everything organized and then when it comes to grooming I would probably say the easiest and the one thing that your general horse people don't tend to do but is like a lifesaver and that is hot clothing it's the most simple thing that you can do but my god it doesn't have make a difference just literally I add it changes depending on what the horses have done but um just get a bucket of hot water and just like a microfiber cloth is all that I use um sometimes I will put um hot oil in it um just a few drops of that or sometimes I'll just put some fairy liquid or dettol like yeah. dettol is the most amazing thing to get rid of grease on horses just put a little bit in the hot water swish your cloth around and just wipe them all down and it's amazing how that just gets rid of the grease and the dust that's on them and that happens every single day here I think we've had a green one here before it's mentioned dettol before and um at first I was like oh really it's not a product that you would necessarily think but um, kind of does make sense to yeah. use a product like that so and I'll give you another tip uh, you might know this one already being a fellow groom but if you don't because I didn't until I started here so when we go to shows and that sort of thing we do use um, legitimate mane and tail conditioner spray but when we're just at home and we're grooming for mane and tails we use uh, Mr Pledge polish oh it's cheap and cheerful and it blooming works just literally get mr pledge and spray it in the tail and the mane and it just works exactly the same it's oh, brilliant yeah it's a money brilliant. saving tip there oh there you go i love that idea lovely yeah. thank you thank you for sharing um so let's quickly talk about i mean i know you briefly talked about it in the intro about your other businesses but would you mind talking about um a little bit more about um your like gifts one and the wedding section of your businesses like obviously you said you started it in the lockdown or the the project started in lockdown but so what idea what gifts do you offer and then with the wedding section what offers what what services do you offer on that side as well yeah so as I said I started Welly Banser in the first lockdown because um it had gone very quiet on the yard. You know, we'd basically given the horses some time off to try and lower that risk of, you know, injury, us falling off, you know, to try and help the NHS. So I had a lot more spare time in the middle of the day. And I was trying to find a card for one of my friends who still works on a dairy farm. And I wanted it to be based around farming and I wanted it to be funny. And I just couldn't find the card that I wanted. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make my own. And that's what I did. I made my own. She absolutely loved it. And I thought, oh, hang on, maybe there's a a market here. Maybe there's something that there's just a gap there. So I started making cards. I bought a new printer and I bought the card making equipment, made cards, started an Instagram and put them on. And it just started to grow. Like, I don't know. I just it just happened so quickly and so unexpectedly that you know it was kind of like a whirlwind when it first happened so I just as I said I started with different cards um I a friend of mine is an illustrator so I got her to make some illustrations for me I think I originally had a Land Rover made up um a cow a horse a sheep um and various other little illustrations like that and I just incorporated them into cards with different funny banterous sayings um being a young farmer back in the day I was thinking of things that you know we used to have on the back of our t-shirts and in farmers and put like them on cards and I said it just blew up and I thought okay what else can we do so now we do things like um travel mugs which are probably our most popular and you can have 
pretty much anything and everything put on them. We have our own, obviously, banter slogans and sayings that are on them, but you can also get them personalised. We do normal mugs. We do children's mugs, key rings, cufflinks. Um, what else do we do? We do photo slates. The the variety of gifts and cards that you can get from Welly Banter is just huge. And the one, not Christmas just gone, the Christmas before, I decided to do some uh, Welly Banter wrapping paper for Christmas. And I, I think we sold like 600 sheets, like because it wasn't your bog standard wrapping paper. It had yeah. um, obviously farm animals on it. And I think it said, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal on it. <laughs> and it was just brilliant. It was just it's just a hole in the market that hadn't been filled. And yeah, it's just taken off massively. So it's if you into the country, horses, shooting, farming, then Welly Banter Creations is your alternative for getting gifts and cards for people of that nature. Wow. And then your other business that you do, that yeah, so you're not busy enough. So you thought, do you know what? I'm going to add something else. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wanted to start the Farmer's Wedding Company a long time ago when I first started Welly Banter, but I thought, you know, come on, give yourself some... <laughs> time here to get one started before you get the other one up so about a couple of months ago I thought you know what welly banter is now at a stage where it's kind of just doing its own thing on its own let's see whether this would happen so we first started off with doing wedding robes um so those are for the brides and the bridesmaids on the morning of the wedding for them to get ready in and they have obviously various different writing on them i.e bride bridesmaid the date of the wedding and then we first started off with a cow on the back and people were asking oh well can you do a sheep I was like, yeah I can do a sheep and then now I've got tractors I've got um wheat and various other different designs and they are so popular they come in I think there's 12 different colors that they come in and they're unbelievably like popular um so I just love doing them because they look so beautiful and when I get the photos back from the brides at the beginning of the um morning of their wedding it's just amazing and we do um champagne glasses we do um compact mirrors so um a lot of brides will buy them for their bridesmaids as like a thank you gift um and they're beautiful again everything can be completely customizable depending on what the theme of the wedding is the colors can be changed so we've got like floral wellies again cows horses sheep dogs i've got one wedding that i'm doing at the moment where each item has got a different animal on it depending on the person that it's going to so we've got like a sausage dog um a new uh, forest pony a shetland um a gypsy cob so everyone's got something different i've just done a wedding now um where a gentleman contacted me and they were looking for table number ideas and a table plan but they wanted tractors to be incorporated with it so I came up with an idea and we've just done it this weekend and it looks phenomenal so we've got photo slates which we've put um the color of the bridesmaids dresses is the background and then the photo of the tractor in particular for that table is on it with the number of the tractor and then to correspond with their table plan he's had a big canvas made of the like an aerial photo of the field where they're having the marquee and we've made these um plaques with two photos of the tractors on the number and all the names of the person that's on those tables which are going to be fixed around the the canvas which is just going to look amazing I can't wait for the photos to come back to see that but what's really cool about this is every wedding is different so we work really closely with 
each couple to find out exactly what they want because as I said everything can be customized so it's not a one fits all type thing and I absolutely love that talking to people to finding out what they want and actually creating the vision for them um so we're just about to venture into stationery to do obviously invitations save the dates the um like name place cards on tables and things like that so the range is huge and I have so much more that I want to put out into it but I have to remember that I do have a full-time job and I still need to get orders done so it's kind of trying to remember that I need to do this one step at a time and not just get everything out there and then get overwhelmed um but yeah I think those two businesses are like my so I can full-time job with the horses I'm really very lucky that this this is what I say I get paid to do my hobby because I've had horses all of my life and I've grown up riding it's kind of like my hobby I don't look at it as work because I love horses I'm passionate about horses so I just get paid to do that and the two businesses are kind of like a hobby as well there's something completely different but I just love the two aspects together because they're all very much me in something if that makes sense yeah Oh my God, that's amazing. I love the ideas. I love the wedding ideas. That's definitely sort of my type of vibe. Like if I was ever to get married, um, that is definitely my type of vibe. So it's good to know that there's um, options out there as well, 100%. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to sort of start sort of rounding up the, um, the episode. And I just wanted to have this as an open space for you to talk about literally anything you want. If you want to promote something, uh, if you are passionate about something and you want to discuss it that we may not have covered already, this is your open space to talk about anything you like. Uh, yeah. So um, as part of being a groom, um, I think sometimes um, we get just so hooked up on that being a groom is looking after the horses. It's grooming them making sure they're clean they're tidy they're mucked out and they're fed my point of view is that we are so much more than that we are the communicators for the horses and as I said previously um you know we're very lucky here that the boss will allow us to have vet intervention now what's really important about that is we wouldn't be able to have the vet intervention if I didn't listen to what the horses are trying to tell me now horses will communicate with us all the time whether they're in the stable whether they're in the field they're always communicating and obviously the best time when a horse will communicate with you and if you're opening to listening to what they're trying to tell you is when obviously they're being ridden and us as grooms we have a responsibility for the welfare of those horses and I think we need to educate more people and more grooms on to being open to listening and also I know that a lot of yards and more of the professional side of things unfortunately don't have the money or the time to have every horse looked at by a vet all the time and I completely understand that you know I'm in a very lucky situation here however if you full-heartedly believe that there is something not quite right with that horse then full-heartedly put that across to your boss or who the owner of the horse and say look there really isn't something right here now I'm very lucky here that we have an amazing physio called Sue Palmer she's the horse physio on Facebook and she works very closely with Sue Dyson I don't know if you've heard that name before um she's um a vet expert who's done so much work with horse pain now something that I suggest everybody has a research on is called the horse pain ethiogram and this thing is amazing I mean it would take you a while to try and pick up on everything but there's basically 
I can't remember now how many pain points there are, but there's certain things on there, for example, like, um, you know, when you're riding your horse, if your horse has its ears back for five seconds or longer when being ridden, then that's a tick. Or if your horse is, is um, you know, got its head raised, if it's behind the bridle for a certain length of time, if it's doing all these various things, if say, for example, um, I'm not going to remember in specific, but if you research it, it's really very clever. I think it's 10. I think if they tick 10 to some of them, that is your horse telling you that there is something wrong. Mm. um and it's it's us as grooms that need to really listen and look and concentrate on those sorts of things we've got a horse here where it's been back and forwards to the vet a couple of times now and they're saying no there's nothing wrong with it that it's not lame it's not lame to me that horse has changed over the last four or five months that horse has changed in its ridden work because I ride that horse six days a week Mm. so I know that something has changed so I persevered and I said, look, we need to do further investigation. So what we actually did, we had the neck x-rayed because I felt that there was this hop action, which the vet couldn't really see. But we mm. had the neck x-rayed. There wasn't anything that showed up on the x-rays, but we thought that it was behind the shoulder. Um, now, anybody that knows this is that the scapula of the shoulder is so big, the x-ray won't go deeper than that um, shoulder um, bone. But we took a punt and we had the neck x-rayed and the horse is fabulous. He's amazing. So there is something wrong there that we've medicated it now works. But that horse could have continued on in pain for a lot longer if I hadn't have persevered. So my big thing, my big education thing is just please listen to what your horse is trying to say. If there is an ever so slight change in your horse's behavior, the way it's being ridden, um, then don't let it go. Like keep an eye on it, you know, write down in books, as I said before, so that you can monitor it if it's getting worse and you can look back over and, you know, it'll help your vet if you do get to the point where it does need looking at. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like us with grooms and stuff, we probably, you know, in some instances spend more time with the horse than the owner does. Um, So you get to, especially if you see it every day and things like that, and you're with them all the time, you know what their little quirks and their little mannerisms and things are. And when something's not what it normally is, there's definitely something to look at. And it could be something really small, something really minor, or it could be something huge. Um, But I think, you know, when when something like that is um, raised, then I think it should be listened to seriously as well. So because... Like I said, we, we probably spend lots of time with them. So, you know, when it's not right. Um, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that the groom world is definitely changing as well. I think grooms are sort of starting to get a bit more respected. Um, and um, it's not just mucking out all the time and feeding horses. Like there's a lot, a lot more to the job. And I think, it, you know, I think grooms are getting more appreciation than probably what they did say. 10 years ago or something like that yes definitely yeah um I don't know whether you're a part of the grooms association yeah um but they are doing massive work at the moment and I fully support them to try and get grooms wages to the place where they need to be um and I just think that needed to have happened a very very long time ago um and I don't think we will ever get to the point where we are paid for the hours and the work that we do But I do also think we have gone past the point of we do this for the love of it. I absolutely do my job for the love of it. And I would do it 24 seven. 
um, for the love of it. However, I still have bills to pay. I still have to have a life. Um, and at least they are doing work towards getting us to a better place from oh, where definitely. we were. It's just simple things like having proper breaks. I mean, obviously you've mentioned that you have proper lunch breaks and things. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's really hard because obviously the job isn't that you turn up at nine o'clock and then you clock off at five. Like it's not that type of job and you do have to be flexible um, with, within the role but doesn't mean that you're not entitled to have time, you know, your breaks and your times off as well. You're still entitled to have that as well. Yeah. So I'm very aware with some of the bigger yards and especially when it comes to the, the well-known names and professionals, I've spoken to a lot of grooms that work with them. They have this kind of attitude where it's like, you should be grateful that you're riding my horses. Mm. And it's like, really, are we really still, thinking like that you know you should be grateful that I'm giving your horse a hundred percent care you know yeah. you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for your grooms yeah and I think that attitude really does need to need to change, change. but it's, it's getting there it's a slow process but it, you know some changes being made which is all positive yeah absolutely we're stepping in the right direction that's all we can ask for absolutely um okay so I always sort of end on some quick fire questions um just have a bit of fun so are you generally a night in or a night out person night in literally everyone I've spoken to on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) no one goes out no one goes out now (laughs) um tea or coffee tea everyone's tea um wellies or hills Oh, wellies all day long. Uh, sweet or savoury? Sweet. Everyone needs yeah. the chocolate and cake. <laughs> Definitely do. <laughs> Motivation. Book or film? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to go book, I think. Although I don't get a lot of time to read, I do quite like getting stuck into a book. Is there any sort of books that you would recommend that you've either you're reading now or you've read in the past and you really enjoyed? So I love um, like self-help and motivation sort of books. So um, there's a couple. Uh, you Can Heal Your Life, which I think is just incredible. It's an amazing book. And there are a series of books by Sarah Knight, who um, is very much my personality. If you check out Welly Banter, you'll see why I really resonate with these. It's I'm not going to remember what the name of the books are now, but it's things like um, how to unfuck. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you go for it. How to unf your life. Um, <laughs> and things like that. So, um, and there's there's three in the series and they, they're just brilliant. Um, really, really very good books. Oh, lovely. I'll have to check that out. Sorry, I'm just looking at your Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, brilliant. Um, so lastly, where can people find you on social media? If you do have a website, what is it? But I think it's mainly social media. Can you tell us all? Yep. So um, if you wanted to follow my full time job with the horses and things like that, going to shows, I do have um, a horse one. I will admit that I haven't done an awful lot with it recently. I've just been far too busy. Um, But that is the country equestrian that's on Instagram. And then my two businesses are, again, all on Instagram, which is Welly Banter Creations. And the other one is the Farmer's Wedding Company. Um, All various details and websites are all on those. So yeah, go and check them out. Come and say hello. Um, and if there's anything that you need or want that you can't find on there, then the messages are always open. 
lovely well thanks sorry i'm just literally following you now on instagram (laughs) (laughs) um and i'm loving it all i'm just like i've got too distracted i was too looking at you (laughs) looking at it um well thank you so much charlotte for coming on talking us all about your full-time job and your other side hustles that you're doing at the minute i'm i'm loving how creative and um entrepreneurial you're being so and thank you for sharing your story with us oh thank you so much and thank you for having me on oh absolute pleasure and as always guys if you love this episode please screenshot and um tag charlotte and i and we would love to know that you're listening and i'll speak to you all on the next episode for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode.